This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey, and today we're going to be talking about Camilla's 75th birthday, a trip to Cornwall, a surprise outing from the Queen, another Prince Andrew bombshell, and a new book. Joined, as always, by Russell Myers, our royal editor. How are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we? Oh, no, it's still the morning. I'm, I'm wishing away the day. I know. It's still the morning. We've done that thing where we where Dan always looks absolutely baffled, where we both say we can do the time we're actually meant to record at, which happens once every other month, and Dan doesn't really quite know what to do with us. (laughs) So it's all good. It's all good. And we've started this before before we hit record, as being British as we are, talking about the weather, survive the heat wave. I think on this occasion, come on. It's allowed. allowed. (laughs) I've been been speaking to some mates across the world, and even they can't believe it some friends who live in australia i mean we what have we done this week we've broken the 40 degrees centigrade barrier haven't we was yeah, it like 40, 40 point 40.3 i think yesterday i mean this is insane this is absolutely insane i mean we're just not equipped for it we're equipped for moaning about it but we're just not <laughs> equipped to actually deal with it so i mean for, for once i think our uh you know, our cousins in sunnier climes around the world will forgive us if we mention the weather because it has been an absolute scorcher all throughout the UK. And um, and fair, but I know we'll come on to this later, but fair play to Prince Charles for keeping his suit and tie on yeah, the whole I time. I mean, I, I find this slightly, well, even more slightly ludicrous than, than ever because it was just astonishingly hot in Cornwall. Um, and then they had to swap on day two, they had to swap their brollies or their, their parasols for brollies because uh, the thunderstorms came. Anyway, we'll get onto that yeah. later. Let's talk about. Yeah, so before we start, we mentioned it was Camilla's 75th birthday in last week's episode. And as expected, we had some lovely new photos of her taken by uh, Chris Jackson, who we know is the photographer who knows the rules very well, doesn't he? He does lots of the official uh, snaps. He's a Getty photographer, isn't he? Yeah, he's made a very good um, career for himself. He has sort of ha- he's the trusted go-to man, or certainly the one of the top of the pile for um, for those pictures of uh, of the royals. The Cambridges obviously have. Um, Quite uh, quite a relationship with him. His wife Tash works for the Duchess of Cambridge, and so um, yeah, I mean he's a he's a fantastic award winning photographer. He's got a couple of books out at the moment. He's got one called Modern Monarchy, I think. He and has yes. Elizabeth, a Queen for Our Times. I think it's something something like that. But you can check on Chris Jackson's Instagram page, uh, which is just full of some fantastic moments um, over the last over the last decade that he's been uh, photographing. For, for Getty but um, I mean we finally reached it Camilla's 75th birthday I feel like we've been talking about it for about yep. a year <laughs> and yeah like I said we had those new photos we have messages from the other royals uh, the royal family official account and also uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge put a lovely photo on as well as has kind of become the tradition we last time we spoke to you we weren't really sure how she was going to be celebrating it was always said to be a you know a private celebration is that still the case or did anything did anything kind of sneak out no, she went. To, she went for a rave in Ibiza yeah. with, uh, for a bit with her girlfriends. I, I mean, I haven't had this confirmed. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, th- I think it was a. Um, 
I think it was a, a quiet, a quiet family affair. She said in the Vogue magazine article that she did uh, just a couple of weeks before her 75th that it would be very, very much sort of a quiet affair, some some family, some friends, and uh, and she had the weather for it as well because it's been absolutely gorgeous around here. So happy birthday, mum. And um, I suppose, yeah. That's, I thought you said mum then. She didn't, she didn't I thought you this. said happy birthday mum. I thought you were you were hiding mom. a big secret from us then. <laughs> oh, ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be an absolute bombshell. But I think, uh, we're, 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 I think we've moved on from Camilla's birthday now. She said at the uh, the oldie lunch, I think we touched upon this yesterday, that I think she was a bit sick and tired of mentioning it. So, <laughs> I bet she's in glad true, of that way. In true Camilla fashion, we will adhere to her demands and uh, and, well, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Now, she had a really busy week, uh, which was really lovely to see her out and about so much. So she hosted the Battersea Cats and Dogs Home 160th birthday party. Uh, that was in the gardens of Clarence House. Again, that was the start of the lovely weather. So they had a beautiful day for it. And she always seems in a relevant, as all the rules do when they're around animals, but great pictures of her kind of playing and having cuddles with loads of the, you know, loads of the animals, aren't they? Six of Battersea's rescue dogs. Yes, and she'd sort of made a plea to sort of kind-hearted Brits to come forward and adopt a rescue animal, promising, um, she said, you'd have a friend for life if you uh, if you adopted a pet. And I think that this, she, she has her own two, doesn't she? She's got a... Yes, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, they were in the, Oh, no, I can't remember them, but they were in the birthday photo. One of them Beth was. and Bluebell oh, are, uh, well are the answers. I always remember Beth for one, for one reason or another, but Bluebell is the other one. She adopted them in 20, Bluebell in 2011 and Beth in 2012. And, I, you know, she's she's been um, a patron of uh, Battersea Dogs and Cats Home for, for a long while. She's, she was there on Hunton last couple of years. She's, she's done a big sort of push for them because obviously they had a, a real tough time in a under sort of coronavirus restrictions, 160 years. I had no idea it was going for so long, but the actual anniversary was, I think it was in 2020. And obviously they haven't been able to celebrate it. So they've been doing lots of celebrations this year. So big push for uh, for people to come forward and adopt a pet. I know that a lot of people took pets on throughout the pandemic. It was a welcome relief for a lot of people who were living alone unfortunately they are kind of seeing a big spike on people who's those little puppies or the cats have sort of grown up and they can't really um or they're definitely struggling to look after them so they are seeing a little bit of an influx of people who had taken on those pets so camilla was on hand to uh you know to, to sort of give it a, a nice push and to say these are the the lovely pets you know they just haven't been discarded because um because they're naughty, I suppose, but they are, they definitely need to be looked after. So it's a really good charity to be, to be involved in. And Camilla spoke with staff, volunteers, and also some of the famous faces who are associated with the amazing charity. So Paul O'Grady was there, Amanda Holden, and Jacqueline Wilson. Um, and what I didn't realise, because after she cut the birthday cake, all the dogs had a treat as well. Dog-friendly ice Obviously. cream. Didn't realise didn't realise dog friendly ice cream was a thing. I have seen that actually. I've seen that there's a doggy treat store near where I live, and obviously because of the summer. Uh, I mean, it must be a billion, a, a multi billion pound market because you can get your dog anything, can't you? you yeah, can get, you know, very true. Clothes, ice creams, doggy treats. 
you know, maybe that'll be, uh, we set up a new business. Well, there you go, know, you know, a little, little side hustle. Now, tell us a bit more about Cornwall. Well, Cornwall has been absolutely glorious. I mean, third, third weather uh, reference, that's probably quite yeah. enough. But yeah, ding. <laughs> Charles and Camilla have been in Cornwall and Devon this week. It's sort of their annual... If you don't know where Cornwall and Devon is, it's sort of the southwest, the boot of the UK. I think that the tip of the toe—that's that, probably a good yeah. uh, description, isn't it? The tip of the toe of the so. UK, Re- beautiful but very far away is, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a stunning, stunning location. Of course, the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall, as they are also known. Um, Seventy years, of course, since uh, Prince Charles was sort of interred as the as the Duke of Cornwall. Uh, so he's not he's as well as the Queen celebrating her Platinum Jubilee, he is celebrating his 70 years in that fold. He's the longest Duke of Cornwall ever, of course. As a, And I think he's... Is he the longest Prince of Wales? Uh, I think there was someone... I mean, must be, mm, surely. Maybe maybe someone can... Let's know. I probably should know this, really. Should know, he must be. Yeah, he must be, because... Maybe no producer Dan can Google it while we're speaking. However... Um, is their annual jaunt to Cornwall baking temperatures? I think someone messaged us to say, why on earth were the children waiting in a line to greet the royals when it was, you know, 100 degrees Fahrenheit? Um, I'm sure the, you know, the kids were kept cool. The teachers were very responsible. But as I said, Prince Charles did not take his suit and tie off. He was, uh, he was battling the elements. And, and again, people ask, why, why on earth were they in Cornwall? Well, I suppose it's to visit those local businesses to make sure how they're doing well in the pandemic. Obviously, it's a region attached to their their titles and they often enjoy going. It's definitely one of the most picturesque places, if not in Britain, then the world. And um, and I think the businesses and tourist industry really appreciates their presence because it again shines a spotlight on how difficult it has been throughout the pandemic for a lot of people who work in the tourist and industry of what that of which that reason region really really relies on so um they've spent three days there they're sort of leaving later to uh probably about now to be honest because um or if you're joining us in the space-time continuum we are speaking on wednesday and on wednesday afternoon they are going to portsmouth which is um, sort of in the middle of the south coast of the of England, they are visiting the Portsmouth Naval Base to go on board HMS Queen Elizabeth, which is one of our, how would you describe it? I think it's one of our flagship ships, isn't it? It's yeah. one of the, the, the Royal Navy's flagship um, operations. Huge. And they are going to be on board and meeting some of the veterans from the Falklands War because it is the 40th anniversary of the Falklands War. And of course, that is um, that is a very important time in, in our recent history. Hopefully, Prince Andrew, who did actually fight in the Falklands War and sort of popped up last time, do you remember, writing that toe-curling um, owed to himself really about how brave he was and about how, how he changed as a man. I don't think anyone wants to hear from him whatsoever at the moment do they because um well we might as well mention this now because it's a sort of good good segue into prince andrew i mean he has been potentially in hot water again because there uh there's been another bombshell to emerge from this newsnight interview i mean how many times have we said that in recent months or years but um i mean this is uh this could be quite uh, uncomfortable and embarrassing because a bbc employee 
who worked on that BBC Newsnight interview back in November 2019, has come out and said that he has a photograph that could shatter the royal family if it was ever ever made public. This is photographer Mark Harrison, who was, who was actually present in that sit-down interview. Um, now, he took this snap that he has said not only will cause serious embarrassment if it ever got out, but uh, another source related to this story that has come out over the weekend said it is absolutely jaw-dropping. Now, we don't know what it is. Is I mean, a, lot, a few people have said, sort of maybe tongue-in-cheek, that it's possibly a picture of Prince Andrew sweating because he's obviously said that he can't sweat and uh, I'm sure that would feed further embarrassment, potentially call him, you know, um, call him out for telling porkies in in that interview. So very interesting. I mean, the fact that we are still talking about this interview, um, you know, nearly three years on tells you an abs- uh, uh, how extraordinary it was, how it has absolutely rocked the foundations of the monarchy. But um, I don't know what what pictures were. I did it instantly. This is a fourth weather reference. However, there were a lot of memes going around this week about pictures of Prince Andrew saying that feeling when it's 40 degree heat outside and you've told the nation that you can't sweat. I did actually find that fairly amusing. So uh, I, we probably shouldn't laugh, but, you know, we did. So I found the story about the photo really really bizarre actually because obviously we mm. know that there's been so much chat around this intro but to have an employee come out and say that they've got this that it, you know you don't normally hear about the kind of a named this, a named a named employee, employee. He's actually been yeah. named in this. i mean and you, you, we talk about the people in the room we've we've spoken about this before because sam mccallister who was the bbc fixer if you will she was the producer who has written a new book she's left the bbc now she's written a book called scoops i think it's something like the behind-the-scenes look at the BBC's biggest story. So, realistically, I mean, there's good PR for the book. Fair enough. We Everyone would have thought that that is something that uh, would have come out. There would have been news stories from her time um, setting up the interview, being in the room, because we know that there weren't a lot of people in the room. There was the Emily Maitis, BBC presenter, Andrew himself. We know Beatrice was there, his private secretary, who incidentally turned to Sam McAllister and said, well, wasn't he wonderful? Didn't it go well? I mean, I think people were reading from a very bizarre, different hymn sheet to the rest of us watching uh, watching it or, or the BBC staff who were actually taking part. But... Down to my point, there wasn't a lot of people in that room. So what is this What is this picture? I think people will be dying to find out, won't they? Yeah, and what, what could have happened in that scenario where surely every, you know, he knew every eye was on him. And as you said, a small group that could have been so, so, well, as he said, shattering. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see and see if that ever comes out. Uh, now, moving away from Prince Andrew, we had a surprise visit from the Queen, which was lovely this week. I thought she looked very happy and very lovely. She opened well, the Well, it's a surprise, I know. She had a smile on her face. It was a nice, a nice surprise, actually. And good to see the Queen getting involved with a bit of banter, because not only was it a surprise appearance uh, alongside her daughter, Princess Anne, um, formerly launching a new home uh, for, t- for Thames Hospice, which is a... Um, a cancer treatment centre, cancer care centre. Um, but I'll tell you this little story because she was being introduced to a chap called Graham White and his wife, Pat, who sadly has stage four cancer and is receiving fantastic care at the centre when 
Graham's phone rings literally at the moment that he's being introduced to the Queen. Now, he quickly reaches into his pocket and is sort of fumbling around to turn it off. However, the Queen quips straight away. She just says, typical, a phone goes off immediately and starts bursting out laughing. Now, if Graham sheepishly is sort of trying to put his phone back in his pocket, it all comes out afterwards that it was actually Graham and Pat's son who rang them and had no idea that they were meeting Queen. And afterwards, Pat said, I could have killed him. I think that people think the Queen has a stiff upper lip, but she has a wonderful sense of humour. And I think that is, uh, that is it's really what we want to know, isn't it? Because you know, the Queen, we're not seeing the Queen too much. She's popping up here and there. She looked very resplendent in a summer dress and very, very happy. And, uh, and as Pat said, she said it was a very emotional encounter and a memory that I will treasure forever very 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 nice I'd love to have heard the kind of the follow-up call to that when they return the son's call like sorry we missed you if you know what you've done you introduced interrupted me chatting to the queen and Anyway, so that was really lovely and nice to see her. Now, we also had Meghan and Harry were out this week, weren't they? Uh, There's a new book about Meghan coming out, which we'll discuss uh, later. But Prince Harry uh, gave a speech at the United Nations uh, to mark uh, Nelson Mandela International Day. And he spoke about quite a lot of big topics in this, didn't he? Uh, The dangers of climate change, the pandemic, weaponizing lies and disinformation, the war in Ukraine, and it even kind of mention the abortion laws in the US which obviously we've kind of we've mentioned very briefly on here before did you have you had a chance to catch up on that speech yeah. yet yeah i have i mean i've 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 delved into it um i mean you know it's it's pretty punchy because a lot of people said that harry's speech was pretty dull i mean that it was a sort of a a sermon of doom, I think it was uh, painted at. I think that's pretty unfair because he's speaking, he's invited to speak. He was speaking about some pretty big issues like climate change, like, um, w- I mean, wading into the constitutional row over Roe versus Wade is pretty, pretty controversial for a British prince to be making those sorts of statements. Um I mean, obviously, we're going to have Prince Harry speaking, having that platform speaking to the UN about climate change. But also, what was quite interesting was um, maybe the the fallout of of the speech about how he's speaking, preaching. I mean, still he still took a, I mean, this aspect of him preaching to the converted, but preaching to other people while he's still rolling around in gas guzzling Land Rovers. Um, he took a private jet to and from uh, the Platinum Jubilee celebrations in in London. It just doesn't sit right, does it? So I, I imagine that um, his words fell a bit flat. I mean, they've, they've definitely been poured over. One of the nice stories, I suppose, was when he was speaking about his a picture that is on his wall of one would assume in his house. Um, and of course it was Nelson Mandela day at the UN, which is why he was invited to speak. But he said that um, this picture of his mother, Diana was taken in 1997. We know now it was uh, given to him by the late great archbishop Desmond Tutu. And he says that he could see the sort of joyous and sort of impishness in her uh, sort of personality coming out in her face and that he um that the, the, the photo wasn't only on the, on his wall it was in his heart and i think you know i don't i don't blame him for speaking about his mother he's got a really huge connection she's a a, a woman who's revered still so heavily known and respected around the world so 
you know, this is this is exactly what Harry still needs to speak about. I mean, I imagine there'll be plenty of references to Diana in this Netflix special um, that's that's been billed as happening in the, in the coming months. But as far as the speech went, I don't know. I mean, the, the room was lit- literally empty. There was only a few people there. Does that matter? Probably not, because a fair few million people will be will have watched videos of it online, social media, and uh, and of course we're talking about it. So, um, damn, does he does damn if he doesn't really, isn't it? I mean, again, you're sort of printing the converted from one sense. Is anyone really going to take notice of Prince Harry talking about climate change? I don't think so. I think we're far more likely to to, to listen to environmentalists like David Attenborough, Greta Thunberg. Um, Rather than you know rich individuals who who fly around on private jets and um, and have very nice fancy holidays on yachts or whatever. And Meghan was there, but very much in a supportive role, wasn't she? So they walked in together hand in hand. But one really nice moment that was picked up by lots of people is that there was someone behind her who was uh, kept cough, you know, like having a bit of a coughing moment. There's nothing worse when you're sitting in a quiet room, is there? And you, you start coughing. Uh, so Meghan turned around and offered her her water bottle, which has been really heavily praised by everyone. Um, and yeah, it was just oh, really... Yeah, I, can I just, sorry to interrupt. What was Meghan doing there? I mean, it's. I'll get. This is my issue, right? So he's invited to make a speech for Nelson Mandela Day. Um, I don't understand why she's there and holding his hand like a child. For you, from from I've I've seen these clips they're doing the rounds on social media. In one sense, they're probably a bit unfair because they're a married couple. People have been digging um, Harry out for looking fairly uncomfortable and unhappy. Does he ever look happy at the moment? I'm not sure, but I just, I just felt it was just a, you know, another opportunity for her to be pictured at an event that you know was she was she invited separately? I don't know. Maybe she was, but she she wasn't speaking. She wasn't speaking at a, you know a women's event, a girls' education. She, she, it was literally just Harry speaking. Um, who was the one invited? So, but then I, don't I think really you know can, why she was there. But then you know it is an opportunity to be pictured. But then those pictures, you know, the coverage was higher because we saw her, and that is unfortunate. You know, that is how it always works. Like, how often does does Kate go along with things to William? No, go along to things with William, and it does. You know, I don't think there would have been as many. Fo- you know, it was the two of them together, which is the kind of conversation point at the moment. I think it gave more awareness properly in terms of coverage because they were both there and put a bit more mm. of a spotlight on the issues he was talking about. I mean, it possibly goes alongside the pictures of Meghan Markle being uh, photographed with Gloria Stoneham. I mean, we know that they'd spoken to Vogue recently about their reaction to the Supreme Court decision. I mean, that's, again, fairly weighty. Um, you would expect both women to be real passionate campaigners on the Roe versus Wade issue. Um, I mean, talking about a long friendship, I know people were poking fun about their, yeah, we go way back and way back was probably about 18 months ago, but certainly Megan is no stranger to wanting to be photographed at these sorts of events. And is she adding anything to the cause it's a good debate, isn't it? Because does she, by being photographed at the UN, it probably does go, make it go to the top of the, yeah. the the news websites around the world, whether she's saying anything or not. Um, a glamorous couple like that, 
it's it's going to be debated, isn't it? But I just I just thought on this occasion, for the fact that Harry was invited to speak about it, what was she there for? But yes, I do take your point. But if Kate was invited, um, then I know Kate, Kate's gone to her shop things in the past hasn't she and, and not necessarily spoken I know she did speak at the at the um, at the inaugural ceremony last year but I don't know it's a, it's a big debate <laughs> I, I mean I'm not taking my wife to work day you know but I'm not Prince Harry now there's been a new book about Meghan Markle that is well it's out on Thursday so tomorrow stroke today um and it, it's by the well-known author Tom Bauer and it has the title which kind of gives quite a big hint as to what it's going to be like. Uh, it's called Revenge, Meghan, Harry and the War Between the Windsors. Now, it's written without the cooperation of Meghan and Harry, so it's an unofficial biography and it's been they said... Don't co- they don't cooperate they do. with the book, as we know. Sorry. <laughs> they said that Meghan <laughs> will be dreading this book. Uh, now, it's being brought out by Blink Publishing. Now, I'll go through some of the... now extracts of it have been published in newspapers over the weekend here in the UK so we've kind of got a bit of a sneak peek at what's happened so I'll talk through some of the biggest lines we've seen so far but then Mm. I'm quite interested to know your opinion more generally on these biographies so the first one is that Megan allegedly threw a cup of tea in the air. Uh, it was described as being abrasive towards members of staff and diplomats during their visit to Sydney in Australia. So that was way back, you know, when they were kind of members of the royal family when she announced her pregnancy with Archie. And um, apparently they were at a reception and the quote from Barrett writes, Megan was uh, allegedly abrasive towards her four female staff and even towards the local British diplomats. And Meghan allegedly threw a cup of tea in the air. Her anger may have been partly fueled by Harry. Uh, So that was really interesting. And that apparently Prince Harry allegedly trawls through social media every night looking for comments about him on the internet. And there's another claim that kind of pre-royal, she used to ask for photos of her feet to be edited. Um, I mean... I hate feet. I don't like my feet. I can kind of have, I'm with her on that one. I think I would do that if I had that power. Uh, Queen's Relief, apparently. Uh, The book claims that the Queen said, thank goodness, when her aides told her that Meghan wouldn't be attending Prince Philip's funeral. Possibly my favourite thing from the book, that apparently she was offered Strictly Come Dancing um, and rejected it. I I mean, fair enough. (laughs) I mean, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, mind going for come dancing i can't dance for toffee but i would imagine it'd be great fun oh, but it'd be brilliant if you're if you're a member of the royal family i don't think you're going to go and strictly come dancing strictly come dancing by the way for our american or um, australian cousins or anyone else it's like dancing with the stars but a uk version a UK i mean fair version. enough she, she wasn't going to go for that but very interesting this book i mean tom bauer divisive character an investigative journalist former bbc producer i mean his his books, some will say very very well researched, very very um, well respected. Some others will say a bit close to the bone. They seem a bit sensationalised. Um, I'm going to wait till I read the book to make a, a full assessment. I have read a lot of extracts over the weekend. I think that um, you've got three main sections of sort of the friends. Um, how 
talk I mean, one of the bombshells from this book is that Prince Harry's friends didn't like Meghan very much. I mean, maybe we've known that before, but the detail, which I really found it fascinating, was back in 2016, Harry had invited 16 of his mates up to um, up to Sandringham one weekend, mostly old school pals from Eton. And the book goes into quite a lot of detail about how Harry was really looking forward to sort of the banter with his mates, getting all together. But Meghan was certainly less impressed with some of their banter, but, um, and then challenged them. I challenged them head on for the first time that she'd met them. She challenged apparently every guest who contravened her woke values. Apparently she lacked humour, was a dampener on the party. Now, we can split this into two sections. And I know I was sort of criticised on Twitter during the week for people saying that... um, that maybe I didn't give this enough play in, in something that I'd said earlier in the week. However, I, I do agree that if if they were saying something really close to the bone, then definitely she would have said, um, she would have challenged this and she would have said, oh, I don't agree with what you're saying. On the flip side, um, maybe somebody else would have maybe pulled their partner inside and said, listen, you should have a word with them. But Megan is Megan and she... If, if, if they were saying things that she didn't agree with, then she's well within her rights to say something like that. That doesn't mean that she was a damper in the party. I mean, you can well imagine Harry's eaten, eat old Etonian mates being, I don't know, sexist, misogynistic, um, saying things that generally aren't funny to a lot of people. So maybe Megan was in the right. Yeah, um, but we- the way that she's being painted in this book means that she... Well, the way that she's being painted really didn't reflect well on her. But I suppose you've you've got to understand it in the context, I suppose. Yeah, and I think think standing up, especially if you're in a new group of people, if you're meeting your other half things, to stand up to these comments, which everyone needs to be doing, and we need more people to do this. And to do that is, is a brave thing to do. You know, she was in a, you know, to be around a load of, very rich kind of you know very upper class people and to sit in that situation and say actually no I'm not happy with that is something that a lot of people probably wouldn't be brave enough to do so I think that's something she should be really really praised for Um, and yeah it's been reported in quite a negative way but I think actually of the lines that have come out of this book so far I think this is a really positive thing and it's something that Harry's spoken a lot before in the past obviously not on issues to do with this but how Megan's kind of opened his eyes to different things and maybe it's just kind of the same version of that um but yeah so that's out this weekend were there any other lines from it that really stood out to you uh well you mentioned the 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 funeral line about the queen saying thank goodness I thought that was a, a rather telling insight if true and um and definitely there's a really sort of explosive line about that claims that Harry and Meghan were left festering with fury after the palace denied all of their demands at the Platinum Jubilee weekend. Um, apparently they had made demands for a prominent role for their children in return for returning to Britain. Um, make of that what you will, because I'm sure the Sussex would absolutely refute that. But we shall see. And there was also actually a line about uh, Thomas Markle, uh, which I'm looking forward to reading more of because there wasn't a huge amount of it there, but saying that the uh, Charles, Prince Charles and the Queen were really kind of, um, you know, fed up by all of Thomas Markle's antics. um, And there were calls about how they reacted 
to it, which is really good. And that mm. Charles, Harry, Meghan and the Queen had a call where they, you know, where Prince Charles and the Queen urged Meghan to go to America. Uh, but Meghan responded, it was completely unrealistic to think I could fly discreetly to Mexico, arrive unannounced at his doorstep, as I had no means of a secure connection with my father, to a location... Uh, to a residence I've never known or visited. So there sounds like there is, along these lines, quite a lot of detail. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hear more about it because um, it sounds like, from what this says, that the Queen wanted Meghan to go and deal with it, uh, but Meghan said it's not really possible. But I'm looking forward to see what else this holds. Now, obviously, we are getting closer and closer to summer, so I'm assuming there's not a huge amount in the diary next week, Russ. There isn't at the moment. Um, I mean, the Cambridges have downed tools already. <laughs> they are. They are Lovely. Looking very jealous. Because it is very jealous. Very jealous. They are. Uh, it's the kids have broken up from school. So they have taken a bit of backseat. I think there is one or two engagements in the offering from the Cambridges. I don't know what yet, but... Maybe watch this space because let's, they might pop up somewhere in Norfolk, do something with the air ambulance, that sort of thing. Um, so as far as that, yeah, they we, it's a it's a very quiet period for for August. However, I mean, there's always something to talk about. There is, I mean, the the fact that we're still talking about Prince Andrew and Harry and Meghan massively this week means that there's going to be some other bombshell. So we will not be going anywhere. We oh, will still we'll be, be all still be summer at the coal face all summer. And if any of our listeners have any questions that they would like to ask uh, Russell about the Royal summer, what they do on their holidays, things like that, do drop us a message on Instagram or Twitter and we will do our best to answer them. And speaking of social media, as always, we are on Twitter and Instagram at PodSave. And until next time. PodSave the Queen! 